T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's Red Sox Review. Here's Brian Barrett on WEEI. With you, we're taking you all the way up until midnight after the Red Sox win this one over the Baltimore Orioles 4-3. Much needed win for the Red Sox, and here is the big news of the night. The Red Sox, since this is a one-gamer, it's a one-game scenario because of the lockout situation, the Red Sox have now won a series in the division. They're 1-11-1 in the American League East. So remember where you were tonight. Remember where you watched the game. If you were at the game, keep, keep the ticket stub. I guess you really don't get the ticket stub anymore. Keep it on your phone. Make sure you remember where you were. The first time the Red Sox won a series against an American League East opponent, it came tonight. Now, they needed it to just be a one-gamer to be able to accomplish that incredible feat, but nonetheless, they got it done tonight. In all seriousness, though, this did feel like a big win for the Red Sox. Now, look, I'm not buying into the team right now. How could you possibly buy into this club right now? I'm not saying that whatsoever, but at least it's some relief for these guys especially the star players on this team, right? The Bogarts of the world, Devers, who they really have to get going right now. But some of the veterans in that clubhouse as well, the Nathan Evaldi's of the world, it's got to be somewhat of a relief because these guys are champions. These guys have been to the highest level, and this has got to suck right now, sitting here at 55 and 58 and looking up at the Baltimore Orioles in the division. It's got to be embarrassing for these guys, quite frankly, right now. And I know, and I've done a lot of it myself, a lot of the blame goes on Bloom of the front office. That is without question that he deserves the bulk of the blame here for where this team is at. But those guys, and especially J.D. Martinez, has got to wake up. And it feels like this weekend, Nathan Avaldi, Michael Walker's back, and he's going to get the opportunity to get back on the mound on Sunday. And Cutter Crawford, who was not good the other night, but we know that Cutter Crawford has been the best, really, starting pitcher for the Red Sox since the calendar turned to July. Not that that's saying anything, because the rest of the guys have flat-out sucked. I'm not saying that Cutter Crawford deserves some award for that. I mean, it's not a big feat to be the best starting pitcher on the Red Sox right now. But based on the way the Yankees are playing right now, if the Red Sox are going to make any sort of run at this thing, and I don't believe they're going to get into the wild card based on everything that has transpired for this team, the lack of situational hitting this year, what we've seen from the bullpen, I don't believe they're getting into the postseason. But the reality is, if you just look at how the schedule lines up, this would be their opportunity to make a run with the way that the Yankees are playing right now, 
with the starting pitchers that they're bringing into this series. Because remember, they would in all likelihood have Jordan Montgomery going in one of these games. But Montgomery is now playing for the Cardinals. I still don't know why Cashman did that. The explanation was essentially that they traded him for Harrison Bader, if you didn't know. And the rationale behind that was they didn't believe that Montgomery would start in a postseason game. Well, the problem is you need guys to eat up innings during the regular season, and now they get the Hermans and the Tyones of the world that are giving you absolutely nothing. Those guys suck. The Red Sox got beat by Tony Ione a couple of weeks ago. They hammered him. Three home runs. Vasquez homered off him. JD's last home run came off him. So it does feel like the Red Sox have a really big opportunity this weekend, at least if they want to be playing some relevant baseball for the next couple of weeks. Because if they screw this opportunity up, against the Yankees team that is beat up, and against the Pirates who, I don't want to say the Yankees are beat up, but you get my point. The Yankees are not playing well, and the Pirates flat out suck. They're trying to lose games. Then it's going to be the rest of the season is over. I mean, if you don't make up some ground right here in these next two series, then the season is done, and then it's over. And I don't want that to be the case. Even if I truly believe that the Red Sox are not going to make the postseason right now, I want to watch this team down the stretch of the season. At least me, let me be upset in October, not in August, okay? I want to see relevant baseball down the stretch of the season. By the way, here was the manager, Alex Cora, after the game. Yeah, we won a series in the East, so good game. I mean, Wink did a good job. Um, we're very short bullpen-wise, so we had to we had to start getting five, more than five innings from the starters, you know, six innings, so we can set it up. Uh, um, he did a good job. He doesn't make the play at the end, but overall, a good performance, good fastball today, good sinker, and uh, gave us a chance to win. Would he have come back out if he got that out first? No, 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 no. Yeah. That's why we decided to keep him there against uh, Vavra, because if, if we go too early and something bad happens, then we were very short. Yeah, I mean, stay on the breaking ball, put a good swing on it. He's been hitting lefties this year. Uh, his numbers at least say that, you know, and he took a good swing on the breaking ball the first one, and then he stayed on it. Uh, JD with walk, that was huge. That was huge. That was a big one. Uh, I know he swung a few pitches, but the first one, he hit it hard the other way, and then the walk. Uh, Doogie with the big swing. Uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was a tough one, but a good one. You know, a good, good baseball game. And they're ahead of us, right? So, uh, I mean, we gained ground today. Uh, now, now we know what's going on, and we know, I, I can tell you the schedule probably the rest of the season. Not our schedule, like a lot of people's schedule, you know. I know who's playing this weekend. They go to Tampa, they're going to get in at 5 in the morning. They play the race for 3, so, you know, we, when, when, it's, it's, I know the math doesn't help us, right? But you know, when when teams are playing against each other, you know, we we have to win. We have to win. We haven't done that for a month, and we're still there. You know, and uh, the guys know it. Obviously, big weekend against New York. Uh, you know, the last time they were here, we played well against them. When we went over there, we played one good game, and then that happened. So, we feel like pitching wise, we're getting close with the starters. You know, we got Nate, we got Cutter. We got Michael. Um, the bullpen, you know, we push him for two innings. He did an outstanding job, but he'll be down probably one or two days. So somebody else has to step up. Matt Barnes did amazing. He was amazing today. He made some good pitches, used his fastball. 
uh, you know, that's what we need. Uh, that's what we need. And, you know, to, to use his fastball to, to free somebody, that was huge. It looked it look like there was a lot of confidence there when, uh, when he got the last strikeout. But you know, the one the other day, and we talk about it, it was two outs, 0-2. And we're one pitch away from getting out of it, and that happened. Today, he pounded the strike zone, he made some good pitches, and he got early in it. Yeah, and a sack fly. That was a good one. You know, that, that, that's, that was huge. Rafi rolled over. I know he didn't want to roll over. We wanted to let it fly, but got the guy over. He got him in. He got the RBI, but, you know, it, it's, it keeps adding up, you know, his numbers and everything that he's doing, you know, the 150 home runs and everything. You know, he's just he's been solid since they won here. And uh, he played good defense today. You saw it, uh, ranging to the, to the left at the end and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll keep we'll keep we'll keep doing what we're doing. You know, I mean, we should do it better than what we've been doing for a month and a half. All right, a couple of things there after what Alex Cora said. And if you want to react to anything he said, you can. It's 617-779-7937. First thing he mentioned, Hosmer. And he is right about Hosmer. Hosmer, and I was talking about this when they actually signed him, or traded for him, rather. He's hitting 320 this year against lefties and 248 against righties. Very odd to see a left-handed hitter have splits like that. Very odd to see. But obviously, he has the big hit tonight. And the one thing that I just think about every time I watch Hosmer play now, and I'm not telling you I'm wowed by the guy. He's a good player. I'm not telling you he's not a good player, but I'm not wowed by Eric Hosmer, right? It's not like you traded for Juan Soto at the deadline, right? No, it's a guy that the Padres wanted to get rid of, and he would not be here if it wasn't for the Juan Soto trade. That's just the reality of it. The Red Sox do not get Eric Hosmer if the Padres didn't trade for Juan Soto and they wanted to get rid of the money on the contract. I mean, that's the bottom line. They are paying the Red Sox, essentially, most of Eric Hosmer's money just to move on from the contract, right? So I'm not telling you that the Red Sox deserve a ton of credit for it. But for me, from just the perspective of watching these games every night, it's very nice to just watch the Red Sox and not have to worry about first base. And Hosmer's not the gold glove caliber first baseman he once was from a range perspective or anything along those lines, but he's a good defensive first baseman. I know some of the numbers won't tell you that this year, minus one defensive run saved, but he's a way better defense defensive first baseman than anything the Red Sox have had over the past two years. And just stabilizing that is nice to see. And, of course, tonight you get the big hit from him as well where he doubles on a bad slider 100 miles an hour off the bat. He blo- he thought it was gone. It makes it a 4-3 game, and that's ultimately what the Red Sox would need to win the game. But And this is what is so aggravating to me about Bloom. Think about the difference Hosmer has already made. There are routine plays that Franchi Cordero and Bobby Dahlback can't make. And last night, I would argue the ball that Bobby Dahlback went after that was going towards the stands and was going towards the tarp, Bobby Dahlback can't make that play. Eric Hosmer makes that play. So just having a legitimate Major League first baseman for the first time, essentially, in the past two years of the Bloom era, it's just nice to see. Now, it shouldn't have taken this. It shouldn't have taken a Juan Soto trade to get to this point. But it is nice to have a real professional first baseman. We're not used to this crap here. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's kick it off tonight with David in Maryland. Hey, David. Oh, yeah, thanks for taking my call tonight. Sure. Yeah, I was hearing your I was hearing your earlier talk about, you know, it's a disgrace for the Red Sox to be looking up at the Orioles in the division. But let me tell you something, buddy. The Orioles, I know it might not 
they're bad tonight, but the Orioles are actually a big improvement. I think that's, you know, what baseball in general thinks all the Orioles are, you know, they're just a doormat. And that's true. In the past, the Orioles have been a doormat for other people, but uh, it's not a disgrace for the, the Red Sox to look up to the Orioles because the Orioles are vastly improved. Now, I know David, the Red Sox have a $207 million payroll. The Orioles have a $43 million payroll, and they just got rid of Trey Mancini and their closer. It is embarrassing that the Red Sox are looking up at the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles were not planning on winning this season. The Red Sox were. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. And I don't think the Orioles are going to go to the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, oh, they're going to go to the playoffs and they're going to win. But you also got to look at another team in this division that does not spend a lot of money, and they win, too. They're called the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, but David, I mean, you can't. David, hold on, David, money. hold on, David. You cannot compare Good. the Baltimore Orioles to the Tampa Bay Rays. You realize that? I mean, come on. The well, Tampa Bay Rays are in the playoffs every season. This is the first year correct. Baltimore has been good in a well, long time. Well, you got that right. You're, you're totally right about that. But what I'm saying, as far as payroll goes, our payroll is not much more than ours. I mean, it is a little more than ours, but not much more. So they're pretty much in the you know same ballpark for first payroll we go. Okay, David, let me ask you this. Did you think that at the beginning of the season, the Red Sox, who were two wins away from a World Series last year, were going to be last in the division and looking up at the Baltimore Orioles? Well, I didn't think you all be as bad as you were, but I thought the Orioles would be improved. I mean, the Orioles couldn't get no worse. We couldn't get no worse. We already lost, what, 110 games two years ago. We had nowhere to go but up, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, actually, that's definitely true. Truth, I mean, this is another case, too, you know. I know Brandon Hyde, he's not he's not the genius of managers. He ain't the genius we had back in the old days of Earl Weaver. I understand that. But this guy, you know, he's actually, you know, a possible candidate of the year for I mean, not necessarily because the Orioles gonna make the playoffs, because I don't think they will. Oh, for manager of the year, David, I'm with job. you on that. And David, I appreciate the call. I can't do too much more Orioles. But yeah, he's definitely a candidate for the manager of the year, considering what that team was last year and what they've been this year. My whole point to his original statement though is I said earlier it's an embarrassment that the Red Sox are looking up at the Baltimore Orioles. I don't know how anybody doesn't feel that way. It's great that they got the win tonight, but that's an embarrassment. The Boston Red Sox, who were two wins away from the World Series last year, they should not be looking up at the Baltimore Orioles in the standings. That should never happen. Now, I also wanted to react to another thing Alex Cora said. He said we need to start getting start getting six innings out of our starters. And in principle, I agree with them. That'd be really nice. But we're not living in an ideal world right now with these starters. Pavetta has basically not been good for more than a month and a half now. Winkowski, Cora pushed it with him tonight. And you could see in that sixth inning, he didn't have it. Winkowski was bad in that sixth inning. And this is not supposed to be an indictment on Winkowski. So don't get it twisted what I'm saying right here. Winkowski lost it. He had good stuff for five innings. I mean, not overwhelming stuff. I mean, we know Winkowski's not going to miss many bats, right? I mean, tonight, 45 swings, seven whiffs, that's around 16%. So he's never going to miss a lot of bats. Now, I will give him credit. He got a ton of called strikes, 18 out of 93, which is, that's over 19%. So that'd be, among qualified starters, that'd be in the top three in the sport for, like, the entirety of the season. So he was doing a much better job locating got more ground balls than he's been getting lately, limited the loud contact really until that six inning. So I thought Winkowski actually threw the ball really well tonight. That's how he's going to live. He's going to keep the ball on the ground, and he can't give up rockets. That's been his issue because we just have to come to the realization with Josh Winkowski, he's not going to miss bats. He came into tonight minimum 50 pitches, or minimum 50 innings, I should say, pitched. He had the lowest swinging strike rate 
of the starters in Major League Baseball that have thrown at least 50 innings. He's just not going to miss bats, but he can still live through this and get through innings if he can just get more balls on the ground and limit the loud contact, and we saw that tonight from Winkowski. But what we also saw in the sixth inning is he had nothing left. There was nothing left in the tank. The guy was going on fumes. You could even tell he was starting to labor just physically out there. Not just that the stuff was diminishing. He was tired. He was taking forever to throw the ball because he was completely fatigued. So then here's the options for Alex Cora. Do I go to Davis to start the six? No, you can't go to Davis to start the six. Does anybody want Davis out there? Okay, well, then Barnes is going to factor into the game at some point. And Barnes was better tonight. I'm not buying into the Matt Barnes. I'm not hopping on a bandwagon. I don't think that it exists anyway. There's not Matt Barnes bandwagon. But I'm not going to look at Matt Barnes's performance and say this is an indicator of something going forward. I'm happy for the guy because obviously he doesn't want to suck and he sucked forever now. Really, since he got the contract last season, July 11th of 2021, he has not been good since that point. Right, so when I look at it in terms of what he has to work with tonight, Whitlock's down because he threw two innings the other night. And then you look at the situation with Tanner Houck. He's, of course, out because of the injury. Brazier pitched last night and was not particularly good in that game. Sal Amor has been getting a lot of work as of late. So I understand why Cora says that, that we have to start getting six innings out of our guy, our starters, rather. And they pushed it with Winkowski, and he was burnt by it. Winkowski on the hook for the three earned runs in that particular inning. But does the alternative work out better for the Red Sox? I don't know. I really don't know at this particular point in time. Like, really, ideally, what you'd like to do tonight, what a real major league team would have done tonight in a team that had a real major league bullpen, pretty damn simple. What they would have done is they would have said, you know what? Winkowski gave us five good ones, and this is what the Red Sox would have done last year. Winkowski gave us five good ones, let's go to the bullpen. That's what they should have done tonight. That's what they should have done. But the reality is this. It's actually a decision for Cora. Think about that. That's what is so embarrassing. about, the, And that's what pisses me off so much about how bad Bloom has been at his job. That's how embarrassing it is. The manager knows after five innings. Alex Cora is a very smart guy. We would all agree on this. He's watching the game. He's watching the sixth inning. He knows that he's fading, Winkowski. Now, I don't understand why they didn't have a guy up. It was like this was all predetermined, right? But he knows if he had four good guys out in the bullpen that he could depend on, he knows that he would have taken Winkowski out of the game. He would have done it, right? If this was, say, a hypothetically a playoff game, Winkowski would have been out after the fifth inning. I mean, obviously, Winkowski would not be starting in a playoff game, but you get my point just for the sake of the argument. Okay, so if that's the situation, then you go to the bullpen guys there. Right, but the problem is this is now a decision for Cora. He has to decide, do I go to the bullpen? Do I let Winkowski go out there because he's fatigued? And that's the problem with the Red Sox, and that's part of the reality of why I don't this th- think this team is making a run to the postseason. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight. Okay, so if you want to weigh in on this win for the Red Sox, do you think this is the start of something? Can they get hot here based on the schedule? Also on the table if you want to weigh in. On Heim Bloom, that's on the table as well. It's 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you on EI. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Driver is ready. The pitch, swing and a miss. He got him on a slider to end the ball game. John Schreiber very emotional on the mound. Stomping out round there gets a hug from Plowicki as the Red Sox hang on to beat the Orioles 4-3. They snap the four-game losing streak in and out. 55 and 58. Joe Castiglione, the Hall of Famer on the call tonight after the Red Sox beat the Baltimore Orioles. Finally, a series win. I know it's a one-gamer, but it's a series win, people. John Triber has been tremendous for this team. Ninth and win probability added for relievers. He's one of the guys in this bullpen. Him, Garrett Whitlock, that you can legitimately depend on. Now, I know Whitlock gave it up the other day, but for the most part, we can all agree. Whitlock is basically a lockdown reliever for you. Schreiber's been pretty much the same thing all season long for this team. And it's a good find by High Bloom. I criticized him a lot, but that was a great find because nobody knew that that guy was going to be good again. He sucked for the majority of his career. He comes over here. The Red Sox figure him out. And he's been unequivocally one of the best relievers in the sport. It's a really good story. In a year that has really been miserable for the Red Sox, he's been a really good find for them. Now, the only problem is the guy that Heimblum gave money to in the offseason they were going to depend on for high leverage innings, Jake Walkman, Jake Diekman, he's now on the Chicago White Sox because he wasn't good. So that's the issue. Yeah, it's great that you find this under-the-radar guy. But the problem is the guy that you paid was not good, and now you don't even have him on the roster anymore because you traded him away to Chicago just to get off that money because he's been horrible. And then we see what we see from a guy like Darwinson Hernandez, who now factors into the equation. I don't want to see that guy ever again on the mound for the Red Sox. Ship that guy to the moon. Get him out of here. He should not be pitching in major league games. He sucks. He's worse than he was a season ago. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Mike. He is in Connecticut tonight. Hello, Mike. How are you? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Brian, did you ever see that movie with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence called Life? I've never seen it, Mike. I know the movie, obviously, and the reference, but I've never seen it, no. Okay, because there was a character in that movie, and his name was Can't Get Right. Now, who would we assume that Can't Get Right to with our Boston Red Sox? Heim Bloom? I'm gonna miss you, Brian. You never miss a you never miss a question. 
<laughs> now, let, let me, now, now, let me ask you a question, Brian. Yep. And l- let's break this down a little. He's supposed to be this analytic genius, correct? That That's what it that's I what guess, and he's is. supposed to be this incredible talent right. evaluator. I don't know about yes. that either, Mike. Okay. All right, but so let's just let's just give him the analytics. Baseball now is you hope your starting pitcher go five six innings, have a strong bullpen, and you have guys that hit home runs. They have they're all for three. They have none of that. They You're have right. No power. They're all for three, and this guy is supposed to be up to date with the game. And Brian, how is JD? Mar- how could he have not gotten rid of JD Martinez? He is completely done. You, I thought oh. he looked bad in 2020. He's even worse now, Brian. Mike, he and, he's hitting under a buck twenty since July 15th. He's doing I, it's nothing. A disgrace. I mean, it's I, a, it's, I almost like legitimately feel bad for the guy because he was such a great player for so long. He just yes. looks cooked. He looks absolutely done. And he's not cooked. to mention, Mike, his contract is done. His contract is up after the season. Right. I, I mean, why why not get rid of him? Do you think that they could have got better prospects for him or Vasquez at at the trade deadline? Maybe Vasquez, Mike, because Vasquez he was yeah. like a bigger commodity than than JD. It felt like at the time because remember the Mets and I know the Mets were in on JD too, but the Mets were in on him too. A couple of teams needed a catcher with a little bit of pop in the bat. Now I've always thought that Vasquez was an incredibly overrated defensive catcher. He does not call it. He does not call a good game. You look at all these pitchers that have thrown to both. Like I'm not saying an even amount, but close. They all better. And look, Ploiecki throws changeups down to second base, but they all yeah, better. He can't throw the ball. Yeah, they all have better ERAs with Ploiecki than they do Vasquez. But for whatever reason, I mean, the guy, I give him credit. I mean, he sucked last year. He had a 690 OPS at the tam- yeah, time no, of the deadline. Good yeah, at the time of the deadline, he got that up to 790. Give him credit that he actually yeah. had value at the trading deadline. I never thought that would be the case. The Red Sox themselves are trying to trade him in the offseason. Well, I got to tell you, O'Brien. He, he should have got rid of Martinez, even if he got something. You know, and I know he's he's finished. He's not going to be on the team anymore. He should have got rid of him, even if he got like. Let's get Cassius up here. Let him DH, play a little first base. Let's see what he's got. I'm not buying in, into anything, Brian. This team isn't going anywhere. There's too many teams ahead of him, and they just they just don't have it. Yeah, Mike. I would say this about Cassius, though. At this point, I mean, you might as well wait on the kid. You know what I mean? You might as well start fresh him. He's dealing, he's coming back from an injury, not exactly hitting the crap out of the ball at the minor league level. You might as well wait him at this point. Like you would feel like the Cassis thing I thought at the beginning of the season was going to be to help them win, but at this point, you may just wait on him. Honestly, now maybe you bring him up in September, but I can't see them rushing him up now. I don't know, Brian. He he's got to give you something more than Martinez can give you, even if you. If you platooned them when when it was a lefty, because Martinez he is just yeah. And Mike, I'm glad, he made, I'm glad he made it around the bases. <laughs> I didn't even think he was going to make it around the bases. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> well, and too, I I and I heard uh, Joe and or I should say Will and Sean were talking about this after the game tonight. Yeah. You feel bad yeah, for you Cora's, in a, Cora's in a weird position, right? Oh. Like because how do you go yeah. to him and say, "Hey, JD, he he's already put him sixth. Hey, JD, I'm going to hit you eighth. How do you do that? Like it's just a difficult no, conversation. Just, Brian, just give maybe if you gave him three days off, but I'll tell you one: you got him. In, I love Sean McDonough. He tells it like it is, boy. Oh, he's yeah, the best. I, I really enjoy on, what he's, he's the best. There. Yeah, he's uh, the best. He, 
He really is. He, you know, and that's why a lot of people said, oh, the Red Sox will another because he would always tell it like it is. But, you know, he, I really enjoyed it. I mean, he was so aggravated that he didn't take Winkowski out. <laughs> I know. It's almost like he, it's like he wanted to go down the field and get him out himself. He was so aggravated. <laughs> hey, I don't I blame mean, Sean. Yeah. You could tell. Right. I, I was with Sean. He, he didn't have any stuff anymore. And then I'm sitting back and I'm thinking about it. Like, Cora's in trouble here. What's he going to do? He's going to well, leave Winkowski or bring one of his bullpen arms in. Either way, he's screwed. Know, he's got no good plan, Mike. And, and one more thing, buddy. And you know, I'm But I felt bad for Winkowski, Mike, Mike. Mike. I felt bad for yeah, Winkowski I because I felt he threw the ball really well for five innings. And I felt he bad did. for him because it's like it almost ruined the outing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, Brian, I've got to, you got to be honest. At his age, he should have a little more stamina to go more than five innings. <laughs> and be out of gas at 77. Good point. Good point. But, but I'll tell you one thing. And I just, I really, I really think that Bloom is not going to survive this, survive into the offseason, Brian. I just wow. don't. If they can get rid of Dembrowski, who won him a World Series, they can get rid of Bloom. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Mike. And, hey, I appreciate the phone call, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. I don't think it's going to happen during this season. Now, here's the one thing that Heimblum's going to be aware of. And, obviously, he's aware of it. He's not an idiot. I mean, I disagree with pretty much every move he makes, but the guy's not an idiot. He's a smart guy. He knows what's going on. Although, you could make <laughs> – I mean, sometimes it doesn't make – it may not look like it. But Hein Bloom has got this team paying the tax, okay? And if you're John Henry, you're the ownership group, you got to think, well, why the hell are we paying the tax for a team that's not going to be in the postseason, right? That's the thing that I think is going to get ownership's attention. And if the Red Sox don't start playing better here, and now I think there's some hope here that they can be relevant for at least a couple of more weeks if they play well against the Yankees over the weekend based on what they're trotting out there from a rotation standpoint. And then the Pirates, the Red Sox should be able to go on a nice little run here over the next, I would say, five, six games. Now, Montas is a beast. He goes on Saturday, although he sucked his first outing for the Yankees. That That's a difficult matchup. We saw the Red Sox against him earlier this season. Now, the Red Sox did get to Montas. But my overwhelming point with this is if the Red Sox don't stay relevant, at least through September, and the ballpark is, and it hasn't been at capacity in a couple of weeks here, right? and the ballpark's not at capacity, well, then the owners are going to start to ask themselves the question, did we pick the wrong guy? Because we're paying for a tax. We're paying the tax for a team that's irrelevant. That's a really bad look for Heimblum. All these other teams that are paying the tax are relevant. The Phillies are relevant. We know the Dodgers are relevant. The Padres are relevant. All these other teams, the Yankees, they are relevant. The Red Sox are the only team at the moment that isn't relevant. And that is going to be the thing that burns Heimblum. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett, take it up until midnight. Okay, so if you want to win in the Red Sox game tonight in particular, are you starting to at least see a little bit of hope based on the schedule? Do they have a chance? If you want to react to high and bloom and everything that transpired at the deadline, that's on the table as well. And I will put the Patriots on the table because this is a really weird situation tonight. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia going back and forth with play calling duties. What did you make of that? 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you on EI. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.